and welcome to Two Dudes Podcast, or should I say Ashton and Lacey's Podcast. And make sure you stay tuned and have an awesome day. Thank you. So are we just going to um, like pre- pretend like you're on American Idol? <laughs> I feel like I was thinking about this and I was like, should are we just going to call each other and then like pretend? But I'm like, that's just not us. Like we have to be like, we fucked up the audio. So for backstory, we recorded it like two days ago. And I went to go listen to the audio and the whole like first five minutes was just absolute trash. Like, I don't know what happened, but I sounded like I was using like a funny, like voice disoriented like thing. (laughs) I sounded like the Hulk. It was not salvageable. So we recorded it like two days ago and the whole podcast was fine. It was just the intro. And so then that's when I texted you. I was like, dude, as much as we hate intros, we have to re-record the intro. Yeah. Where do we go from here? You guys, not only not only are we re-recording the intro, but so usually when we record, you obviously are in South Dakota and I'm in Colorado and like we have a whole setup. So I have a desk and we got like mic stands like you have a specific desk that you have that it's all set up on my podcast stuff always stays there. So we have like a mic stand and everything. I always text you. I'm like, I'm in the studio. Like we have a designated (laughs) spot to podcast, but I'm in Arizona right now. And so I seriously just brought the mic. Like I didn't want to pack the stand or anything. So I have my mic plugged into my computer and I'm holding it. Like I'm about to break out in karaoke. I look so I'm literally sitting on my mom's bed in Arizona holding the microphone like I'm literally at a bar singing karaoke (laughs) and even now like looking back all I can think about is you just standing up off the bed and like sticking your hand out and just dropping the mic on the floor and like walking out of your mom's bed yeah that's how we end just mic drop and the even worse part is that like, okay, I was laughing last time when we when we recorded this because I was like, I don't think people understand. I also am not wearing pants right now. So like, I don't, I don't have, I'm wearing a t-shirt sitting on my mom's bed holding this microphone. And like that position alone is funny. But last time, so like when we record, the episode is like usually an hour and a half and then I'll like cut it down to like an hour. So they, they get lengthy. And so I wasn't like sitting at a chair and I had to hold the mic. There was times like when we recorded this episode, I was just laying down on the pillow, like mic above my head, staring at the ceiling fan, (laughs) talking. So the other thing that cut off, and obviously then we'll just cut into the episode, but we, so this episode is answering questions that we had asked you guys. So we took a break. We didn't post um, on Easter Sunday, but before that we had posted on Instagram and just said, ask us any questions. Like they could be about relationships, about things we've talked about on the podcast, personal life, anything like that. And so we went through the questions that you guys had asked um, and then we answered them. It feels weird saying we answered them on the podcast. It's technically this podcast. We're just recording later because we fumbled. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. Is this this good enough? Yeah. Now we're cutting to the actual episode. (laughs) (laughs) So we had a couple questions about, so I, I kind of grouped them. I feel like there's a couple questions about us and the podcast, and then there's like some mental health stuff, and then there's relationship stuff, and then there 
is like questions that obviously were meant for you. And I'll just <laughs> ask you those and we can rapid fire through them or whatever. Yes. And but like, you know, whatever. So one of them is how far apart are you all in age? I was then- literally going to say I starred my favorite question that was asked. And so, yes, I saw the like, how far apart are you guys in age? And then the question was, you guys seem so much closer than aunt slash niece. What is your relationship dynamic? Which I also was interested when I read it because I was like, I have no fucking clue what our relationship <laughs> dynamic is. Okay. And I was like, I need Lacey to answer this because I need her to tell me like what our relationship is. <laughs> That's really funny because I read it and was like, I don't know what our normal relationships like. Like, I, what does that, what would that look like? Because I've never been an aunt in with anyone else. I mean, mm-hmm. you're sisters, but I, I feel like the relationship that we have is different only because we talk much more. And I feel like mm-hmm. we have a lot of the same things that have happened. But like, I also feel like really close to both of your sisters. So it isn't mm-hmm. it doesn't feel abnormal to me. It just feels mm-hmm. like I don't know, but I think there's something there about um, just being like a real person and honest with who you are and how you are. And I feel like our family is really just like that. Like we're Mm -hmm. all pretty open. I don't feel like any of us are like trying to impress or like hiding things to not, you know, I feel like everyone in our whole family, like we're all pretty much open books. Yeah, I would say that like I feel like just – in general, as a family, like we've always had a close family. And I feel like growing up in the same, like we all grew up in Rapid and like Grandma Pat was our neighbor growing. Like We've all lived close and we see people like it's not like, oh, I have an aunt, but they live in a different state. And so in yeah. general, as a family, like our family is close. <laughs> but there is something about my relationship with you. And it's so funny. I don't know why I feel this way. But when I was like, when I was reading that, I'm like, okay, we literally talk about everything. Like I text you all day, every day. And like, I literally <laughs> text you more than I think I text like any liter. I know, I, I know I text you more than I text anyone else. But I was like, it's one of those things that when they asked that, I was like, I feel like we are those young relationships where it's like, we need to define the relationship. And it's that awkward, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, like the girl being too scared to be like, what are we? I was like, that's how I feel like this conversation is going to go. I'm going to ask Lacey, like, dude, what are we? No. Okay. So the other day I was, um, I don't know, texting you. And then I was texting Sid also just, she had sent some pictures and I was like, I think these guys are my best friends. And I yes. don't know if that makes me fucking weird. Like, maybe I and I mean, obviously, I have adult friends. But um, <laughs> like, I really was like, Oh, I don't I don't know. And then also, like, always when you call me your aunt, it feels so weird because it makes For me sure. feel like I'm so old. And so even that, I'm like, I don't, maybe I have to be like, I don't know, like, I'm not a normal aunt. I'm a cool aunt. It's, <laughs> it's like, I don't fucking know what that, 
I don't know, like different names for grandma. It's like, I would never do that. I would just have my kids call me grandma. But my nieces, they should call me something else. That's like... Yeah, not... Yeah, just lazy. <laughs> okay, aunt. so here's so here's the, the, uh, something else. And it's so weird because I've actually just recently talked to Connor about this. But like, so, okay, like I said, our family has just been close in general. And I think that... So Adam was 11 years younger than my dad. And so we are pretty close in age. Like it's not, I mean, we're not, it doesn't seem like it, but also like I'm 22, you're 38. And it's not like you're- I'm 39. Oh, well, (laughs) but it's not like I'm 17 and you're 50 or I don't, I don't know. Like I do think there is something there with our age that we are close enough that, you know, I've never really felt like, I've always felt like you and Adam were- closer to our age. But the other thing is, is here's how I would say our relationship has evolved. Because I remember when like you and Adam like got married or you started dating Adam and we were little, you were like just an aunt or like you were always older and you felt like you, I always felt like you were closer to my parents' age than to us and whatever. And then as we grew up and like I started to like get into high school and college and mature, like then I felt the age get less. And then also starting a business, like starting a business together. I think that's really when our relationship changed. And not only were Mm -hmm. we talking every day about business, but then like, that's when I was fucking mentally unstable. And so Mm -hmm. I would only ever have you to talk to because I only felt comfortable with you. But the other thing that I just said to Connor was that I've always, even though like, I feel like our relationship shifted from family to like business partners to friends there it was always was you were still like my aunt and my uncle whatever well since me and Connor have been together and like you and Adam come and stay in Colorado with us or we've gone and visited you because Connor's older than me and I don't really mm-hmm. know if people know that but Connor's seven years older than me and so Connor's like really pretty close to your guys's age like yeah. almost as close to you as he is to me And so then I feel like once Connor got brought into the mix and there's been times where it'll be like me, you, Adam, Connor, then I feel like we're all just friends hanging out and not like you're my aunt and you're my, you know, you're older than me. And I told Connor that I was like, I feel like ever since it's been like us four, because you guys have come down to Colorado a lot, whatever it's been, like bringing him into the mix has almost made it seem like we're all just like four friends. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So I, I think all the same. The age difference between your dad and Adam, and then it feels like we're between like where we would be your parents or where we would be your friends. So it's always been like, you know, when we first got married, we were still like going out a lot and like Mm -hmm. doing what you do when you're like 24 and 25 and 26. And so you guys were like just getting to high school and like starting to do things that you shouldn't be doing. And so it, it almost felt easier for us to talk about it with you because we were like in between and we didn't have kids. And then Mm -hmm. once we had kids, it was like, fuck, maybe we are older. But once you guys were like, you know, out of the house and living on your own, then it's just like, I don't know, you're fucking adults too. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know. Yeah. No, the other side to that, and then we'll wrap up this question because I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I do think it like totally sums up this podcast. And and I think people, like obviously the person who asked it can see like there is 
this like close-knit relationship, whatever. But, and we've touched on this before, but me and you are not blood related. Like you married Adam and that's how we're related. And, but it is so fucking weird how similar we are. And it's like, that's the other thing was, I think, like you said earlier, just we're so open. And I feel like me and you have, I've always been able to go to you about if there was anything in my life that I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone else about, I've been able to talk to you about it. And I think it's because you've like related and we are like each other's therapists. We've always said that, but it is so weird. Like you'll text me and be like, dude, and you say something. I'm like, that is literally my life. Or even on the last episode about <laughs> college, like yeah. we had the same. It's so weird because I think we are so, so, so similar, but like we're not blood related, but we are so the same. Yes. And it's so weird. Yeah, agree. And I think that part of that is what like gives gives me a reason to keep doing this too, because I think that because we are so much alike and we didn't know until we started talking about it that there are like so many other people that also go through such similar things that we just mm-hmm. don't know because you just don't you just don't talk about it. And then the other thing I was gonna say is this like leads into another question for me, Perfect. which was um, something like, what do you like best about podcasting or what do you like? Oh, yeah. yeah. What's your favorite thing about this podcast? Mm-hmm. Or what's your favorite thing about starting a podcast? Yes. And my favorite thing is that we are on a schedule where we talk to each other once a week. And like... I just like it. Like this whole thing is fun. It's not like, like, of course, I mean, you're doing all the fucking heavy lifting (laughs) and editing them. So it's like, you know, we just talk and I like hang up and then I, (laughs) I don't listen to it again. And it's like, (laughs) we just had a really long, fun conversation on some sort of topic. And it's like, just learning learning about other people and like I always think it's interesting what like you say or what your perspective is and then that informs mine and I just I think that that is my favorite part that we like yes have to talk every week and and that changes everything too like uh, like obviously we talk about so much stuff that I don't think there's anyone that I'm closer to right now like even Adam like I talk to Ashton about more than I do with you (laughs) yes okay so my favorite thing about the podcast and it's it's so similar too because we had talked and I know we touched on this in a different episode where you said like I don't really feel like we're special or you know like anyone can start a podcast and but the other thing that we said yes or like in the last podcast was I think part of life is feeling like you have a purpose or the things that you say are important. And I remember like, I feel like how the idea of a podcast got started is this was our relationship beforehand. Like we would talk for hours long about everything, or we were texting so many times a week about all of these things. And it's like, we were having these conversations anyways. And so why not have these conversations and hope that it helps someone or someone else can Mm -hmm. relate or they're inspired or they feel advice or advice or whatever it is. And I think what I love about the podcast is it really truly is like, so us. And there are times when I edit the podcast that I do get stressed and I'm like, fuck, why can't we just, 
you know, have some structure. Like, why can't we run this like a normal podcast where we do an intro and we recap the last week and then we talk about our topic and we, you know, but it is literally just us like calling each other, hitting record and talking for an hour and a half. And, and I like how it's just stayed so true to us. And, and it is, like you said, it forces us to have these conversations. And I truly feel like it is therapy for me. Like, I don't need mm-hmm. to go to my shitty therapist <laughs> anymore <laughs> because I just call you once a week and everyone else, they can just come to therapy with us. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. They don't have to stare at sticky notes. They can just hang out with us for an hour. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so next, I'm just going to um, – here you go. So – this obviously is for you and not oh, for God. me. Ready? Um, how did you get started on social media? Now, my social media is lit. <laughs> lit. <laughs> so I know that everyone wants to know how my middle-aged Instagram is doing in Facebook, but I'm going to just pass that one to Get you. Gonna let you take this one. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even want to touch it. I literally, like, the other day I was like, maybe I should just make this public so I don't have to feel feel bad. Like, people have to request, like, they're getting something good when I approve. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's so funny. Okay. So, um, okay, to answer this question, one is that I used to be so awkward talking about this. Like, I remember people would be like, how do you have so many followers on Instagram? And I'm like, that is literally the weirdest question ever, like... I don't even talk about followers to my like family and this just feels so weird, but I do think people, people are curious about it. And especially because our podcast is about like starting or a part of our podcast has been like starting a business and growing your, you know, like doing the things you want. And a lot of people think like, I have to have followers for that. Or I don't even know. I feel like I'm going to be so bad at answering this question, (laughs) but (laughs) this is This is so weird and I don't even know like if this – if I should even say this, but I have thought before how I have grown a following because I remember in high school like I just had more followers or like I remember I hit like 10K whatever in high school and I was like, why the fuck are these people following me? Like what am I doing any different? But there are like three things that I would pinpoint and one of them is that my dad died when I was in eighth grade and like we all had Instagram at that time or like we had it was kind of like this newer thing but we grew up in like a small town in South Dakota and I remember people were posting like thinking of you or like praying for your family and as dark and twisted and as weird as this sounds like I think people were interested in that and I don't even know how to explain that but like you see people posting like praying for the Bodensteiners or whatever and like you Mm want to know like what's going on and I would post about my dad like a lot especially after it happened and I feel like people were just interested in it for whatever the reason and I don't even fucking know if that makes any sense but Mm -hmm. I truly used to think that like I had a little bit more of a following in high school or like middle school and high school because my dad died and I would post about like losing him and whether people were curious or they like had lost someone too and they like related I felt like that was always something like after my dad died people were interested in that the second thing is that just in general growing up in South Dakota like it's small and I feel like everyone knows everyone and so Mm -hmm. 
like I knew people from all over the state from sports and whatever. So I think that was one. And the other thing was, and I don't know what it is about, it's like we said in that one podcast of feeling like what you have to say is important. And like we have said, I don't feel like my life is any cooler or more extraordinary or more interesting than anyone else's, but I've always documented it. And so like I've always posted pictures on trips and I have wrote on my stories like things that are happening in my life. And I don't know why I've done that. I like the idea of like journaling or putting, I don't even know really, Mm -hmm. I guess, but I feel like if someone is posting like once every few months on social media, like, oh, here's a cool picture I took. Like, yeah, that's great. And you're going to like it. But if you like let people into your life and you like people start to know you personally, they like want to follow that journey or then they, you know, they know who Connor is. They know who Remy is because I've posted about them before. And I don't know. I don't even know if I answered that (laughs) well at all. I just feel like I've... (laughs) I don't know. I don't. You forgot know your hair. I, I you forgot oh my your God. hair, and your hair is like the basis of that empire. <laughs> okay, I fucking so agree. I had followers in high school for two reasons: one, because my dad died, and people were curious about it; and two, because I had fucking messy hair. And I think half of the people were just haters. Like they didn't even want. Like they would follow me because they were like, "Dude, look at this fucking girl's hair!" And so people would like follow me from the explore page and they're like i can't get over your hair it's so messy like do you own a brush yeah so fucking mean people are yeah but it was cute you 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 either loved it or hated it okay part of it so number two that i have in the section all about you was um your tattoos and their meanings okay so you you have some tattoos with meanings but yeah, I but I, uh, no one's ever seen them. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them about your tramp stamp. <laughs> oh, fuck, this is your question. Go. Okay, so I have I love you in my dad's handwriting. And then I got girl power on the rib cage because we all know we talked about girl power. I have three stars on my wrist for my mom and my two sisters. And then I have... A flower bouquet. And this one is actually fucking crazy because I saw this on Pinterest and I just wanted a bouquet of flowers. And um, it was pretty and I wanted it to like, um, in my mind, it was supposed to be about growth and um, like anxiety and growing out of all of that, whatever. And I went in to get it done and she had changed the bouquet a little bit and she, as she was tattooing it on my arm, she was like, these are lavender or this is lavender and it helps with stress and these flowers right here are forget-me-nots, which to backtrack, I've only ever had like one or after my dad died, I didn't dream about him and I never knew why. Like I used to go to bed and like think about him nonstop because I wanted to have a dream about him and I like couldn't and I didn't know why. And it had been like almost a year since he had died. And I had one dream about him and we were on a cruise ship. It was like the last family vacation we had taken. And I like saw him at the end of the ship and I like ran up to him and I was like, crying or whatever. And he turned around and I was like, please don't leave. And he turned back and he handed me flowers and he said, these are forget me nots. I love you. And I like woke up from my dream. And I don't even know if I had like ever told anyone that. And as I'm getting it tattooed on my arm, she was like, these are forget me nots. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? Like it was the coolest thing, but 
So the flowers so, on my arm. Yeah. Okay. I have to interrupt. But yep. so like I just listened to this whole podcast on dreaming. And when you, when you, I know this seems kind of random, but it all makes sense with like what you just said. So you like were waiting to dream about him and you like weren't in the right place. But when we dream, it's like a chance when you go into REM sleep, it's like the time for your brain to your body to be calm and to deal with the trauma you've gone through. So you like decouple it similar mm-hmm. to that eye movement therapy thing. But mm-hmm. so if you aren't getting your REM sleep, you're kind of fucking up and making yourself set up for more anxiety anyway, because you haven't practiced like thinking about your dad and also being calm. So it took Mm -hmm. like a year for you to get to the point where your brain was like, okay, now we can like start to heal that because you weren't even ready to face it in your dreams. Isn't that fucking crazy? That is so crazy. So the other, I actually read just recently this thing about a dream and it was like, you know how you dream? You often dream about people like you see that day or like people you've thought about recently. And I read something that when you dream about people, it is your perception of them and your like how you have perceived them or your relationship with them. So like if you dream about someone and they act a certain way in your dream, like that is reflective of like the way that you feel internally. And I think that's so interesting because like ever since I've read that, I've like I wake up and I have a dream and I try to like analyze like why did that person Mm -hmm. do something so bad in my dream or like I'll dream about someone doing something and like it's how like I am like portraying them in my mind and that is so fucking crazy. Um, Okay, Okay. so that one on my arm, I'm like lifting up my sleeves right now so I can remember them. Um, Where where did you lay your mic? (laughs) Oh, it's oh it's in my head if you notice that i i just got really like distant it's because i pulled my arm away and my microphone went away <laughs> okay so i have the flowers then i got um a sun on my arm and i was gonna write the quote like the sun will rise like even if you're fucking depressed like the sun will come up like you know it explains itself so i got the sun And then I have a sun and a moon on my arm. I got that in Moab. And it's kind of like the Libra sign is like balance between. And I saw one on Pinterest. I was like the sun and the moon balancing each other. So that's a Libra sign. And then um, I have a butterfly. And me and Connor got fucking matching tattoos. People probably think we're literally crazy. But that one, I the butterfly is my favorite tattoo because I just like it. And then I just got a snake like a week ago. (laughs) Um, my family is not super pumped. They think it's like representative of the snake in the fucking Bible. And it's not. I'm like not Lil Nas like trying to worship Satan. Dude, Christy. Yeah, Christy Nome is going to come for me for this tattoo, I think. But so, okay. So I, I have a literal serpent on my arm in case anyone cares. And there's flowers coming out of it. And in my mind, it was one I just am to the point now where like I used to care so much and I do care like about my tattoos, but they always had to like hold such meaning to me. And, and this snake, like in my mind, if someone asked, I would be like, it's turning something ugly and like turning it pretty. It's this like serpent, but there's flowers growing out of it. But to be honest, I just fucking like it. And I think 
that that's a conversation I've had with my mom. Like, even after I got my tattoo, she's like, I just don't get, like, why would you get a snake? Like, you need to explain it to me. And I just said, I'm like, because it's my body. And, and I've said this to you before, like, there's this really bad, um, people perceive tattoos pretty negatively. And I think it's like getting so much better, but people will be like, what if you don't like it when you're older or, and my response to that is always, but what if I do? And I have so many years to, and you know, I've told my mom, like I used to literally hate my arms. Like the last two years, I don't know what it was, but I like started to really hate my body. And I used to never care about my arms, but I was like, I have fat arms. Like I hate my arms. And then I filled them with tattoos and I think I have like the coolest fucking arms in the world. And it's like made me love my body and feel like I have control over my body. And you know, that's really all that matters. And that's what I tell my mom. I'm like, I'm sorry if you don't like it, but like it's on my body and I really do. So the snake, I really just got because I liked it. And then I have a line drawing of a face. And that one, again, there's no meaning behind it other than it was pretty and I wanted it on my body. (laughs) Drop the fucking mic. (laughs) (laughs) So I am, even as you were saying all of that, I like first I was like, do people still not like tattoos? That seems like such a thing that people would have said to me when I was like 18. But Mm -hmm. I I thought it was over. But I always think stuff's over just because it's over for me. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) I don't fucking care who has tattoos and where they have them. And our friends have tattoos everywhere and Adam has tattoos down his arm. So it's like, that's just normal. But mm-hmm. I was thinking about the tattoo I got when when I was 18. And when I got older, like when I had kids, I was really embarrassed by it. And I was like, oh, fuck, I never should have got that. And I got it covered over when I was like 26. So so I had the jump man in the <laughs> In the middle of my back like Michael Jordan which also I think I think this would be like my embarrassing story and somebody asked about that too but I had Jumpman and I was so fucking embarrassed about it like so embarrassed and then I got it covered up and so I have this big tree of life on my back and the only other tattoo I have is girl power and um and just like A couple months ago, I was like, "Um, Adam, I think I'm going to make an appointment and go back and have them put Jumpman back on my wrist. (laughs) And he was like, you're fucking crazy. And I was like, no, here's the thing. Like, I feel like it took me so long to like realize I was trying to run away from who I had been and had I Mm -hmm. just accepted that like that was a choice I made then and I should be okay with the person I was then and the person I am now. And like that's what I feel like it symbolizes now. And it's like I love that person that I was. Like Mm -hmm. I was so sure of what I wanted and I didn't care. And anyone who told me it was stupid was like, no, I know myself. And then I got it. And then I was ashamed. But I wasn't ashamed because of like what it meant to me. I was ashamed of what anyone else would say. And and that is the part where it was like, oh, well, now I've let all that go. And I wish I wish that I would have known that then because it was okay. So even the jump man tramp stamp <laughs> in fucking purple. It was, pur- it was, it was purple. 
because purple is my favorite color. (laughs) Your embarrassing story is your Michael Jordan purple tramp stamp. (laughs) Yeah, which actually isn't embarrassing anymore because... No, I was going to say that if that's your embarrassing story, like mine is fucking brutal okay well yours is brutal so we'll just we'll just go into that because i thought a lot about this embarrassing story thing and the hardest part about it is like for me when i look back anything embarrassing would be like like the jump man or like i remember falling one time in a math class in high school like tripping in the aisle and wiping out like taking desks out and that was embarrassing but i'm like okay with all of that so none of it is embarrassing anymore. It's like the only stories that that would like qualify as embarrassing are like ones I feel um, shame about. And yeah. any of those that are like mixed with shame, like I'm, pr- I'm just not ready to like dig through those for yeah. like everyone quite yet. So it's like, I couldn't even think of like a funny, embarrassing story. It was just like, well, I mean, I was embarrassed about that, but now I'm okay with it. Or like, I mean, there are some things, but I'm just ashamed of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not prepared. We don't have to go down that hole. <laughs> no, I'm not prepared to share. It's, that's like a, that's like a different, that's a different episode. Yeah. So that's like Brene Brown coming on and like, teaching us how to be brave and get rid of our shame. So do you have an embarrassing story you would like to share? Fuck. (laughs) My favorite part about this story is, okay, so just as a backstory, I had just told Lacey. So Lacey had just been to Colorado like a week ago to visit. And I told her this story and she was like, Oh my God, I, should, I I can't wait for you to have to tell this story on the podcast. That's the first thing you said. But <laughs> then we were we were texting about it last night. I just pulled up your text because you said, dude, it is mortifying. I am so sorry that happened to you. <laughs> like, <laughs> So long story short, me and Connor had a shoot. So like a photographer, um, it was actually two photographers who had asked me and Connor to model for a shoot out in the paint mines in Colorado. So... It was a female photographer and a male photographer. And they were taking pictures of me and Connor. And I was wearing white, flowy, free people pants and some like shirt, whatever. And they had been taking pictures of me and Connor. And the girl was like, I want to do some of like Ashton by herself. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, whatever. And she was like, I want you to straddle this rock, which, <laughs> dude, I, like, I always tell people, like, I'm fucking so do- sorry you're telling this, too. <laughs> I just feel this is so horrible. It's just like not even that, like, embarrassing. Just, it's like, yeah, just, you just like, like, fuck, you think about it. God. Okay. So, so they say, like, Ashton, like, can you, we wanted, they wanted to take pictures of, like, me by myself. So Connor is, like, standing behind these two, and she's like, okay, straddle your legs. And I was, like, moving, <laughs> moving my hair back and forth, and, like, I don't even fucking know. And I see Connor behind the two <laughs> photographers, and he looks at me like he, like, literally saw a ghost, and he's, like, mouthing something to me. And I'm like, what are you, like, I don't know what you're saying. Like, these people are trying to talk. Connor's, like, fucking, I don't even know, like, trying to communicate with me. And I'm, like, glaring at him, like, dude, what are you doing? And so I get off the rock, and Connor comes over to me, and he's like, dude, your entire crotch is full of blood. <laughs> 
white wide leg fucking jeans white pants and the worst part about it i told you this is that it's not like they saw like okay they saw it and they were like oh my god that's embarrassing but they have those photos that they then have to go home and edit and they're probably like scrolling through like whenever i get home from a session i'm like oh like i look through all the pictures they're just probably staring and being like oh my god and it's just on like it's not like they just saw it once and they were gonna forget like it's ingrained like it's in a memory card on a photo that was then on their fucking computer oh. two two photographers oh God. so painful and the most i mean not the most painful part but the part that also i find funny is like connor is legitimately <laughs> trying to like help you and i know that you are like shut the fuck up yeah like, quit just, like yeah. you're being distracting yes and it's even worse like and this is like, like probably tmi like i i i would assume it's mainly girls who listen to this podcast i don't know but like you know when your period blood like it it doesn't come out as like neon red. It comes out as like almost a brown color. So yeah. like for all we know, like that dude thought I just shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> but it like goes with the brown tones in the desert. Like every yeah. time I see pictures of you and wide leg like, white pants, know. it like arches. I'm like fuck. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was like just like a brown red. He like oh. She knows I got my period, but literally for all we know, like he thought I just shit my pants, like in in fucking paint mines. God. I'm like sweating right now telling this story. I'm so sorry. I really am. I really am. And uh, you had told me this story before. And then when we were in Colorado last time, we told it again because we had like brought it up. And then my girls were like, what? And we yeah. we told we told it to my kids. <laughs> and that was why we were talking about it. But are you good? Oh, I'm yeah, so sorry that happened. I mean <laughs> it's like when like Adam falls down. <laughs> like whenever Adam sprains his ankle or like falls, I like I I don't want him to be hurt. But I cannot stop laughing. Like I, he's the worst faller. I feel like <laughs> this is like the same thing. Like I feel so bad for you that that happened. It's like such a terrible thing, but it's so fucking funny. <laughs> it is so, and I, and I'm to the point I could talk. It's and it's again. It's not like one of those stories because I do also have embarrassing stories that like. It's just like that was just like an unfortunate event, you know what I mean? But I have like yeah. embarrassing stories where like it's actually like embarrassing that I did that or like it's one of those you don't even want to talk about. It's just so cringe or like you said just yeah. shame, like why the fuck did I do that? But yes. this is one where it was just mother nature was just not on my side and you know, yeah, girl power. It happens to the best of us. And that's why I wanted to tell my kids too was because I think that they should feel okay when I want them to know what's coming and I want them to feel like it's normal to be able to talk about it too. For sure. It's okay if you shit your pants in a state park. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the shitting, that would be a problem. But if they just bleed on accident, like I'm just going to feel for them. Yep. <laughs> okay. Oh, fuck. Okay. So um, 
A day in the life. So, so, okay, yeah, it said, what does your day-to-day life look like as a freelancer, good and bad? And I feel like you can touch on this too. And again, like, I don't want them to be super lengthy. And yep. and I think this has kind of gone along with things we've talked about in the past of just like, I have said this before and I know like you can so hardly, like, so hardly, that was so stupid. <laughs> I was just saying, really relate. <laughs> okay, wait. Yes. There's this um fuck I'm I have to go back on but this is needs to be said. There's this um tweet I saw once and it was like white people in in class be like piggybacking off of that, kick flipping off of that, doing a 360 <laughs> off of that. And that's what I was just like really hardly doing a piggyback off that. Re- really hardly relating. That's what I was trying to say. Like you can you can do a kick flip off of what I'm about to say, but I'm ready for it. So neither me or you have nine to fives. And, and I am always like leery saying this because it has been like the biggest blessing in my life. And like, I can travel when I want to, and I can go and do like, I literally can do whatever I want whenever I want. Like, I mean, there's a few things that are scheduled, but it's not like, oh, I can't go do this because I have to go to work today. Like I schedule my own shit and And it's been like the biggest blessing, but, and on top of that, and I've said this before, like, it's also a cause of anxiety for me. And I know you feel this way because you tell me all the time, like at the end of the day, like you'll spend two hours doing some website or whatever, and I'll spend two hours doing, I don't know what. And then I feel guilty, like, fuck, I should be working or I should be doing this. And I think being my own boss, like even right now, like we're in Arizona for two weeks and if it would be different if I had a nine to five and I took the time off of work and it just feels like I'm on vacation, like I can relax and, you know, I'm not working and I'm taking this time off. But when you're your own boss, it's hard for me to like go on vacation. I actually really get bad anxiety when I travel because I feel guilty, like, fuck, I should be working or I should Mm -hmm. be editing right now. I should be, you know, and I think my day-to-day life is a lot of doing my own thing and I like try to get work done and I do get work done and I always get my stuff done and I, you know, but at the end of the day, it's also like I really struggle with feeling like I'm not doing enough. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of, I follow enough creatives and small businesses and photographers and I think that's a really common thing across the board of being your own boss and being a freelancer is like the greatest thing in the world, but it's also, th- there's not like a time you're supposed to be working and a time you're not. And I think that can get really hard because you feel like you're always, you always should be doing something or when you're not, then you're mm-hmm. not being productive. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the whole thing is less like, what does a day in the life look like? And more like, um, how do you try to carve out balance within that? Because Quitting my job when I quit teaching. I mean, I went through this whole thing for a really long time. That's like, uh, stay at home moms don't do anything. And then working moms don't do enough. And who's doing enough and who's winning and whatever. And when I quit, I like thought I always had to keep working because I needed to bring value. And it's back to that like mm-hmm. whole idea of like what what is value Identity and success. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like all of that aside, this I feel like the choices that I make and not working somewhere are hands down the the best choices I've made in my life, despite, mm-hmm. you know, 
having a degree that I only like tangentially use when I teach one class at one university in a year or like all of that. It it doesn't even matter because um, being able to work from home and having the life that we have is like, I'm just so grateful. And then the flip side of that is like, um, balance and not working all the time because then mm-hmm. I'll spend the morning while the kids are at school, like cleaning the house and trying to keep that shit together. And then they get home and I'm like, I have to work. And then mm-hmm. I like need to work at night or Adam, you know, just taking a vacation like last week and he's taking calls the whole time. And I, I told him like, okay, it's like time for us to revisit our boundaries because mm-hmm. we we don't have time where we completely shut off. And that is not good. So it's great. Mm -hmm. We can work all the time and it's great. We can travel, but like, I haven't had a vacation not working in like, I don't even know, like five, five years probably Mm -hmm. where I didn't have any work to do until we were in Palm Springs, like last week. That was the first time that I was like turned off completely. And that is not healthy either. (laughs) So like I have traveling a question and then. working. Yeah, go. So it it kick flips um off of <laughs> <laughs> the last one. So and you can answer. So this says they had asked how to be more motivated. Um mm-hmm. but I also think the question then can in turn and it can like flow with the what does your day-to-day life look like as really someone who doesn't have a 9 to 5, but how do you stay motivated? How do you set a time to work? How do you be productive when you don't have a really traditional nine to five job? Um, I think it's about really knowing yourself and listening to yourself the most. So I know immediately when I get up in the morning, if I can stay off of everything and go directly to my computer and just kick out like two hours of whatever I need to do, that the rest of my day will be so much better. Now, mm-hmm. is is that easy? No. Like I get up, I get the kids ready for school. You know, my dad comes over. We're like so fucking lucky. My dad lives right next, next door, door to us. Yep. Yes. So he mm-hmm. comes over, he like takes the kids to school. Adam and I kind of like talk about what our days are like, and then he goes to do what he does, and I go to my office. And if I can immediately work, then I've set myself up. If I get on Twitter and start reading (laughs) about the news, or if I like start to feel like the house is too dirty and I need to clean, then my schedule for my day literally is Mm -hmm. shot because it's so hard for me to circle back. So it's like, I mean, honestly, it's like with meditation and it's like with exercise and it's like with all these other things that I know set me up for really great things that are also easy to push off and ignore. And I have to force myself to do them. To do it. What about you? Well, so it, I'm, mine is so similar, but also different. I would say one of my biggest things is just lists. And I know that sounds like so cliche, but for me, like I function so well off lists and even with like helping not feeling anxious as a freelancer, if I write down like these are the things I need to get done that day and I get them done, it just helps with my anxiety versus like 
going through the day, like I'll try to get this done. I'll try to get that done. If I write a list of these are the things I need to accomplish today and I finish them, I just feel productive. And then because if I didn't have that list and I finish all of those, I still feel like I would think I need to do more. I need to do so lists for me are really big and also scheduling out my day. Like how you Mm -hmm. said, if I if I just schedule it out, it makes me feel so much better. But a note off of that, that um, I've learned and had to, I don't know, grow with is that I have always been really productive at night. And, mm-hmm. and for me, that's editing wedding videos. And so for me, I can edit photos during the day. I can edit them in the morning, whatever. But I've always been able to whip out videos at night. Like I've always for, for some reason, 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. is the time where I'm like most creative. And I used to view that so negatively. Like I would stay up editing until three in the morning and I'd be like, God, why can't I be one of those people who gets work done in the morning? Like I need to be working in the morning and not staying up through all hours of night. And mm-hmm. not that I think that that's super healthy to stay up super late. And I've actually, my sleep schedule is like the best it's been in a long time in terms of going to bed early and waking up early. But I saw it so negatively and I read, um, I, or I listened to, I think it was a podcast or it was some like IGTV of some photographer who I like really look up to. And she had said, you have to hone in on when you are creative and when you work the best and mm-hmm. go with that. And she said, like, I tried to fight off so long, like working late into the night and then I wasn't getting anything done. Like I couldn't edit during the day and then I couldn't, I was not editing at night and then I just wasn't getting work done. And so it just goes back to everyone does it differently. And I feel like lately, sometimes I just run errands during the day and I do like I clean the house, I work out, I do whatever. And then I work at night or I'll do emails during the day, but then I do my editing at night. And I used to be like, so ashamed of that or like embarrassed because I was like, I'm just some unproductive night owl. I should be waking up early and getting it done. But Mm -hmm. it's exactly like you said, it all comes from listening to knowing yourself and listening to your body, your mind. And for me, editing videos, I've always been good at doing at night. And I just capitalize on that instead of pushing it off because I do my shit I need to during the day, but I know that I can do my best work at night. Yeah. And it took you a long time, I feel like, to also get to the point where you could um, say that and feel okay with it. And I think that that is really important because Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't like you were lazy. It just was like, you just work better at night. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have a question for you. And I liked this one too. Um, What are things that help you when your anxiety gets bad, mostly in public places? And I like this one because we've really talked about mental health and like in general, like, okay, working out and getting better sleep and talking about it. And, you know, we've talked about it in a big picture, but like, this is, I like this question because it's like, I am anxious right now. Like, what are the little things that I can do to make it better? This is just hits home so much too, because I feel like after we've been in our houses for so long, like leaving now, I'll just like try not to have to leave or go anywhere, which is Mm -hmm. just not 
not healthy either. Like that is is the only thing, recognizing and then getting to the bottom of it. Like, why mm-hmm. don't I want to go out? Well, I don't want to go out because I haven't been around people. But yeah, sure. But why is that? And then it's like, well, because maybe I think like I'm scared because there's fucking... I don't know, violence, it feels like everywhere. And is that really a rational thing to be scared of? Like, probably not. Or am I scared because I'm going to say something stupid to someone because I haven't talked to anyone? (laughs) Like, yeah, but I mean, like, that's not really going to happen either. Finding what the what I'm really scared about, and then getting to the bottom of that. And that mm-hmm. that requires always like it's always why for me. No, I think that um, I do agree that the things that cause anxiety and help anxiety are so different for everyone, and it's such a wide spectrum. I think what you're just saying is like listening to your body, and I think acknowledging that it's there, and that's always made me feel better too. Like. I feel anxious right now. Like, why do I feel anxious? And trying to pinpoint that, it just makes you feel like you have the control or like Mm -hmm. you're taking a step back. So something that's helped me and okay, I actually learned this from a freaking therapist by the same therapist who made me stare at sticky notes told me this. And so I did, (laughs) I did have something positive come out of being or going to therapy. And I actually remember it was like the very first day or the second day. And I had even texted you this long text about it because I was like, it's always the simplest things that I'm like, that's so simple, but like, it totally makes sense to me. But I, when I had gone to the therapist and I had explained, like, I just like get so anxious and I struggle with anxiety. And then I'm like, why am I feeling so anxious? And then I get stuck in this spiral of things. Mm-hmm. And what she had said to me was like, you are a reflection of your thoughts. And so mm-hmm. when you feel really anxious and you're laying in bed at night and you're like, you feel really bad anxiety in your chest or you're in public and you feel the heavy feeling in your chest and you can't breathe, whatever, when your thoughts are, I feel anxious, I can't breathe, I mm-hmm. don't like feeling this way, then it's sticking around and the more thought you're giving to it, it's like staying there and you're feeling those things even double. And it is this really terrible spiral effect of Mm -hmm. thinking about it and then it's staying there and whatever. And instead she said, think of it as when you're laying in bed and you feel anxious, your chest gets heavy. Instead think of, okay, like acknowledge it's there, but then think of, I want to feel this way. Like, Instead of thinking, I don't want to feel anxious. I don't like how my chest feels. I don't like how I feel scared. I don't like how I'm irritated. Think of like, I want to feel happy or I want to wake up early. I want to feel productive. I want to be positive. I want to be. And thinking of it that way is then filling those emotions and those thoughts into your head. And then it starts to switch to that way. Because like she said, you are a reflection of the things that you think. And it sounds so silly, but I've even noticed like nights when I lay in bed and I like have terrible anxiety or I wake up in the morning and I'm so anxious instead of like just focusing on it and like giving it all my thought and like letting it spiral, Mm -hmm. I then take a step back and I'm like, oh, I want to have a productive day. Like I want to get good sleep tonight. Like I want to relax. I want to be able Mm -hmm. to breathe. I want to. And that has like really helped me. And Again, it all comes down to like feeling like you have the control and you're acknowledging it, but then you're like switching the path of it. I don't know. I remember oh, when for we, sure. 
when she told me that I like texted you and I was like, it's so simple, but like, she's so right. Yes. A lot of my anxiety was like being at home and I'm like, I'm so lazy. Like I'm so anxious and I can't do anything because I yeah. have anxiety. And then I do those things because I'm saying them to myself a hundred times over versus mm-hmm. changing the narrative and turning it into a positive. So yes, shout, like shout out to that. my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> all of that is such like, valuable stuff because even as you said it it's like it's the other part of like digging down for me to why am I anxious and getting at the heart of it is then for me it helps to let that go like whatever the root of it is but then at the same time there's a definite like path you have to walk to where it isn't a spiral into obsessive thoughts um One of the questions we got, it was like one of the very first questions and I loved it was, how do you care for a significant other who struggles with mental health? And I think (sighs) this is really good, but I want to frame it in one way because I think in terms of a relationship, it's good. But I also think it doesn't necessarily have to be like caring for a significant other. It's like caring for a child, a friend, a parent, a Mm -hmm. spouse, anything like that. And I think we've really done good about talking about anxiety and how it's in our own lives and how we can like support ourselves. But we really haven't talked about like how we can support a friend or a boyfriend or a mother or daughter or anything like that. And I think that's also a really good conversation to have. Mm -hmm. It's, it's It's a big, hard one. So the first thing that I think of, even when I think of that question is like, I can hear uh, Sia in my head being like, um, can't love me unless you love you. (laughs) Because (laughs) it's like, that is just the easiest thing that is like the, the very first, because all of my relationships have gotten better with my husband and with my children and with my dad and my sister and my family and my loved ones and everyone, all relationships, my friends, besides, you know, you, (laughs) but all those relationships have improved the more that I like work on myself and figure out how to, um, navigate those things. Because even when I talk to Adam now, or when we get to a place that we're having a fight, it's like, I can be like, okay, I'm really emotional and we need to like take a step back until we can like talk this through. And it's just recognizing what you see and feel. And so that Mm -hmm. is not like directly how you deal with someone with issues, but like that's, that's the ground floor to me. I really, I liked that a lot because you took it on like how you personally can help someone else. And I so agree. It is like being comfortable in your own or like not even that, but it's so like when you're angry, you project that to other people. When you're insecure, you project that to other people. And so like grounding or like being grounded in yourself and like loving yourself and being at a good mental headspace for sure impacts relationships. And I think that like, so the question was caring for a significant other who struggles with mental health. And Mm -hmm. you answered it. I loved how you said all that. I'm going to spin it then the other way because your way was like, this is how I help other people. And for me, I have to be in a good headspace to help someone else. For Mm -hmm. me, I'm going to think of it like something that's helped me in terms of like other people doing things that have helped my mental health. Mm -hmm. And so it's always been 
being just fucking listening and being someone to talk to. And again, like, I feel like the advice I give is always like the fucking most cliche, simple things, but like have truly had the biggest impact on my life. And it's because I have had friends like Lexi, for example, one of the twins who's like my number one best friend. And she has always said to me, like, she just doesn't really struggle with mental health. And she's always been like, I don't know. Like when I lived with her, I would Mm -hmm. be like, I feel so anxious. And she'd be like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know Mm -hmm. how to help you. Like, I don't, you know, but she was always someone who I felt like I could trust and go to and not be judged. And so like, if you're asking in terms of like my you're dealing or someone else in your life is dealing with anxiety or depression and you don't know how to help them. Like you don't have to know, like you don't have to be the therapist. You don't have to be able to relate, but being there for someone to listen to. And like, I also think my mental health has gotten so much better living with Connor because I'm in a space where I can tell him. And I know I've said this to you before, like just saying like, I feel anxious right now. Sometimes that helps like voicing it out loud. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's again, my relationship with you like you've been so good for my mental health because it's a place that I could talk freely and you can relate and so that definitely helps but like with Lexi like Lexi has said to me before like I don't know what to say and I don't know how to relate and like I don't Mm -hmm. know if I'm doing this right but like it's not even about doing it right it's about like someone comes to you and says like I am so depressed or I am so anxious. It's not saying we'll be happy. We'll get out of mm-hmm. bed. We'll feel mm-hmm. better. It's just listening and being like, I'm so sorry you feel that way. Like, how can I help you? Or like, it's, I've, I feel like I've never seeked a conversation with someone looking for, I mean, you're different. Like I go to you for advice, but like when I tell Connor or like Lexi or someone, like, I feel really anxious. Like I feel really depressed. I can't get out of bed. Like I half the time I'm not looking for them to be like, well, here's how we can fix it. And you need to Mm -hmm. do this, this and this. Like I'm looking for them to be like, it's okay. Or just saying it out loud and having someone that you can go to. And so I think a way to care for someone who struggles with mental health is just literally being an open book and an open mind and not trying to fix them, I guess, if that makes sense. It does. It's so fascinating to me just how we can read the same question and I know that's why when you started talking, I was like, that's crazy. Like I was thinking of it as like, this is what other people have done. And you've thought about it. Like, well, this is how, and yeah, I thought that was so interesting. I feel like this will be the last question. And we have said, we just have to talk about relationships on the next podcast because Mm -hmm. a lot of the questions were about relationships and not even like boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, but like friends and And I'm so, so leery, like even making this point, because again, it will be talked about in an episode, but with Connor and there's like, Mm -hmm. fuck, I don't even, I don't know. So Connor, we will talk about it. And it's, I've never, ever said anything like public, not publicly, but like only really Mm -hmm. close people know because it's, it's never been my story to tell. And we will talk Mm -hmm. about it. And, you know, Connor has struggled with alcohol and you know addiction and Mm -hmm. all of this will be covered in a different podcast but back to helping someone with mental health like I remember when Connor was going through rehab and addiction and I did not know how to fucking help him like Mm -hmm. I couldn't relate to that on any level like I didn't struggle with alcohol I didn't struggle with the things that he was struggling with and that was like a really hard thing for me was because he was struggling so much and I didn't know how to help him and I didn't know the right things to say and I didn't 
And again, mm-hmm. like, I don't, it's just so, like, I feel like I just came on here and, like, said that when <laughs> no one even really knows that's a thing and it will be talked about. But going off of that is that I I could never relate to that. And I can't relate to that even now. But the things that have helped have just been fucking letting him talk and being there mm-hmm. for him. And as silly as that sounds, like, I don't have the answers for, like, how to overcome being an alcoholic or how to recover mm-hmm. from rehab. And and it's the same, like, the person who asked that question, like, whether you don't understand, like, your significant other, like, dealing with mental health or depression, like, you don't have to to be a good friend, a good spouse, a good parent, a good, mm-hmm. you just have to be willing to be there for someone and you have to listen and you have to support them and even just asking them like what can I do to help and it probably has to start with that it has to be like where do I start like do you want to talk about it do you not want to talk about it like what are things that I can do and it's just yep. conversations and it just yeah I, know, I think that sometimes people feel like if they don't have depression they like can't really talk to someone or help someone who does or if I don't struggle with anxiety I can't relate to you guys or I can't Mm-hmm. give the like support that someone needs but you don't have to be going through the things you just have to be willing to have the conversations and be there to help the person who is for sure because I think the hardest part about it whenever you're struggling with anything is being able to talk to people about it and have those people listen and not be like ah uh, that's not anxiety you just need to get some sleep or yeah uh you just need to be on a schedule or Uh, You just need to go to AA meetings or you just need to whatever. And someone telling you what you just need to do doesn't It makes it worse. (laughs) Yeah. And like I can think of times in my life where like someone I've said like, I just feel really stressed. And they're like, well, don't worry about it. Or yeah, well, that is so silly to be stressed out about that. And it makes me 10 times more anxious. And so just fucking validate people like just because you are not going through something does not mean that what they like fucking validate like someone comes to you and says, I can't get out of bed. I'm so stressed. I struggle with alcohol. I'm so anxious. Don't fucking say like, well, just get over it. Just get out of bed. Just write a to-do list. Dude. I'm so sorry you feel that way. I have one more we can can end with. Okay. Okay. And And we'll just talk about relationships next time because there were so many questions that were about that. And everything we said obviously needs to go more into depth. And so relationships will be the next podcast. So then we'll just pick a question and then. Yeah. Yes, because there were a lot, and we're at very different places in relationships, which I think mm-hmm. is really interesting. Um, okay, uh, who's your hero? Fuck. You didn't think about this one beforehand? Who's your hero? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, right? Because it's like, who is your hero? And like, I think the first thing that we've established is like, everyone is flawed and Like some people are really great at some things and some people like I admire Adam because like he can get through life without anxiety. But then when he is stressed, he has a really hard time dealing with it because, you know, he's not like slogging through it every day. So it's like, you know, it's just finding the balance there. But like I admire that about him. I admire Oh, I've always really admired like your ability to just do what it is that you want to do and be true to yourself. And I think I've told you before, but like, I wish I would have 
done that when I was younger instead of waiting. And that's mm-hmm. why I like encourage you to do it, obviously, because I'm like, you know what? I wish I would have fucking done that. And mm-hmm. I admire your mom and I admire my dad. But for my hero, I put Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, okay, he can be mine too. <laughs> Because if I was going to pick a fucking famous person, that's what I was thinking about. I was like, okay, well, my hero has to be somebody that I don't like, isn't like close in my life because like, I mean, I admire different things about everyone and that I love for sure. But like my hero, if I could like meet, that's how I thought about it. Like if I could meet or have a conversation with one person that I really admire, it would be Dave Chappelle. It's because he is so fucking funny, but I think it's just being honest and he like lives a life away from the media and he recognized that he was like getting so big and he went to Africa and like found himself. And I mean, he obviously has balance issues with some things too. I mean, he jokes about it or whatever, but he's always honest and it just feels like a person who's still can remain grounded while while being and smart. So that was hey, dude, my- I don't even I don't even know who I would say the same thing like I I admire. I was thinking of like who is your hero? Like someone inspired and it's the exact same thing. I thought of like, well, I admire this about Connor and my mom and you know, but I was like I I don't know if I could pinpoint just one, but I literally don't even know who I would say besides like fucking Remy. Like I don't <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Remy's my hero. Okay, that's a good that's a good ending to All Hail it. King Remy. <laughs> Dude, yesterday we were at my grandma's house in Arizona and like they live in that community and so like um or someone one of their next door neighbors came over and she was meeting Remy and she's like, he's just so cute. And she's like, what's his name? And I was like, Remy. And she's like, oh my gosh, like Remington. And she like pretended to shoot a gun. And I was like, <gasps> no, like Remy off of Ratatouille. Like literally anytime people hear the name Remy, they just assume that it's like Reming, like Remington, the gun. Cause so like, I know so many dogs. I who think are like, we're hanging out with different people. <laughs> <laughs> like what? The first time, like I've never even been like, like thought that Remington Oh my God. I literally, I get people who ask me that all the time. And I think like I have met other people who have dogs named Remy and it's R-E-M-I and it's like after the gun or like a hunting gun, Remington. And they're like, yeah, my dog's Remy, but like his real name's Remington. And I'm like, oh, mine's Remy because like the fucking rat on Ratatouille. (laughs) Like that's where Remy's name came from. (laughs) Ratatouille is such a good movie though. Oh my God. We just watched like that. I fucking loved that movie growing up and like I'm not I'm not trying to be funny. Like, that's literally where Remy's name came from. And so we just watched it, like, over Christmas break of this year. And I forgot how good it was. I kept telling Connor, I'm like, this is just a cinematic masterpiece. Like, why is this so good? Like, why am I crying? It's so good. You have to watch Ratatouille tonight. So does everyone else who's listening. Just fucking do yourself a favor. Watch Ratatouille this week. And mic drop.